Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Turn to Psalm 18 if you've got your Bible. Um, I haven't got it up on the screen today. I didn't get that organised, sorry. Psalms chapter 18. And, and verse 1 is an interesting one because often we, we skip over this part. I'm reading from New Living, by the way, um, today. But... Um, Psalm, uh, Psalm 18 verse 1 is really interesting because it's, it's the explanation of who and, and why. And um, often we won't read that because it's like, oh, well, it's not actually the psalm. But, but actually it is. And it's what I want to launch off today. And it says, For the choir director, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, he sang this song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. And I want to just open up there before we read the rest of, of, of some of that chapter is that David was one who really knew how to celebrate a victory. He really knew how to take time out when there was a, a breakthrough or the Lord came through for him. He made sure that he gave him praise. He didn't just skirt over it and say, oh, that, that's nice, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you for this job. Thank you for that breakthrough in that relationship. Thank you for that good situation. Thank you for resolving that, that issue. Um, he actually really sought the Lord and praised him. And he wrote it down, the testimony. This psalm is a testimony of the victory of the Lord. It's a testimony of praise. It's a testimony of how good, the, how good God is in our situations. And I want to just bring that out today because it's something that I remind myself about fairly regularly is making sure that when there is a breakthrough, that we let the Lord know, that we actually let others know, that we actually let it be known, the testimony of his goodness. And there'll be things that you can think about in your life that even in the last few months have happened and God's done some good stuff. They're testimonies to his goodness. They're things, they're praise issues. They're praise breakthrough areas of your life. Make sure you praise him. Make sure you let it be known. Let it be a testimony. It might even be in the workplace with unbelievers. You don't have to make it all spiritual. You, you can make it just a simple testimony. Wow. You're never going to believe what God's done for me. It's not even preaching at them. It's, it's again, it's taking that personal responsibility and bringing out that testimony of praise. And people listen to that stuff, don't they? People listen to testimonies. People listen to when things have been done. And then he, it goes on, and this is what David wrote. He says, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. Interesting that he starts his posture in love. He starts his posture in love. We can have all sorts of battles. We can win great things. We can have incredible fame and success. We can even see signs, wonders and miracles. But if it's not grounded in love, then it's a resounding gong. It's worthless. And so even our praise needs to be a praise directed from love. Not just, you know, God's doing this, God's doing that, and we're growing this, we're building this. No, it's from a position of love. 
And uh, verse 2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help, and he heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled, and the foundations and the mountains shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. His lightning flashed and they were greatly confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen and the foundations in the earth were laid bare. I'll stop there just for a moment. Wouldn't it be awesome if literally God did that to your enemies? <laughs> I mean, when you're going through stuff and there might be people vehemently against you, maybe you've never had that before, but I'll be honest, I have read Psalms with a wrong motive sometimes. Because there's so much good vengeance in this book that it's, it's like, I mean, seriously, the, the Hollywood can make a phenomenal movie out of some of these psalms because it's like, come on, get them, Lord, burn them down, take them down, you wipe them out from the face of the earth. And, and, and this is sometimes the, the, the posture that we need against the enemy because the enemy's not flesh and blood. It's not the people around us. It's the principalities and powers of the unseen world. And so when we recognize that and we take our thoughts captive, because sometimes it's our own thoughts that are actually our enemy, when we take them captive and we say, okay, Lord, now come, now come. And I want to just explode this out a little bit uh, in the first couple of verses of this, because I think there's a lot we can just glean really simply from the first couple of verses of, of Psalms 18. And it's interesting, different Different sermons, different preachers come at things really differently. I have no set style. You've probably gathered that by now. Um, but, you know, some are really set teachers. Some are exploratory or exegesis and really bring out the word. And it's, and it's brilliant. We love that. I listen to it all the time. Others are really affirmation and, you know, discipleship and all that sort of stuff. Today is really a simple declaration. A simple declaration. And sometimes just re-declaring truths over our lives crystallizes the power of the gospel. Just those simple things, those really, really simple things. Just like worship this morning. Simple worship, songs we've sung before, or maybe you haven't, but they're simple words, words that we know. But when we sing them in worship, in praise, there's a supernatural transaction that takes place. If you just sing a secular song, normally you might feel a little bit of a, you know, a high because it's a good song or a good tune or something like that. But there's not a supernatural transaction. But in praise, there's a supernatural transaction. 
And that's why we believe in it so much. And that's why we, we go for it and we believe in that and, and we love doing that. Well, it's the same with when we take his word and we apply it to our situation. So I'll, I'll start at verse 2 and it says, The Lord is my rock. And when we just stop on that moment, on that few words for a moment, he is my rock. He's my rock. He's my rock in my finances. He's my rock in my marriage. He's my rock in my work situation, in my family situation. The, the things that are going on don't determine the outcome. The fact that the Lord is my rock determines the outcome. And so we, if we're led by the things that are going on around us, we can be easily confused. Easily fear can come upon us. Fear is never a fruit of the Spirit. Fear is a fruit of the enemy. If... if, if if the devil had a book, he would have nine fruits of the enemy and fear would be one of them. Because fear, especially with believers and even with the media, fear of saying too much and saying the right things and being you know, politically incorrect or whatever it might be. But these things are things that don't determine who we are. They don't determine how we operate. The fact is, if we start from, from this, the Lord is my rock. And what, is, what does rock mean? It's, it's a foundation. We've encountered that recently building a house. We've got a lot of rock. And, you know, it's very expensive to get out of an area. And, but it's, it's a very sure foundation. It's a very, very secure place to build your house. It's, it always comes first. The rock always comes first. Not your feelings, not your circumstances, not the things that are going on around, not the, the bank debt, not, not what anyone might be saying, not, not any fights that might be going on or any confusion or any doubt or any fear. They do not come first. The rock comes first. Not Dwayne Johnson, the rock. <laughs> I'm a fan. But the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my rock. So you might even need to say that over some situations today. I saw a crow's beanie somewhere. Is, there? is that? Yeah, you got a crow's beanie on. Wow, awesome. Good work. I, I went to the game at the Gold Coast last week. Is it a good? Andrew Evans was there with us, the pastor of, well, was influences. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent, but it just caught my eye. I just. Well, they're number one. They're, they're the rock, aren't they? I mean, come on. You could bring that in somehow. Yeah, that's right. The rock is unshakable. The Lord is unshakable. There's, there's times throughout our lives where we will be in situations where we literally think we're going to die or when things are just, the world is chaotic and it's like, what, what is the point? This thing is just crazy. Everything is just mayhem. Uh, you know, everything seems to be against maybe you or your situation. These are times where we go back to the foundation and we say, no, the Lord is my rock. Not how I'm feeling, not that situation, not anything going on around. The Lord is my rock. He is unshakable. The next one. Still in verse 2, there's a whole lot just in this verse. First, he's our rock. Second, he's my fortress. So if you've got the attacks of the enemy coming, then he's your fortress. I love movies like King Arthur and Braveheart and good old war movies of, 
you know, medieval times. And, and you see the fortresses that they built. I mean, they were huge things, weren't they, with thick walls and moats and, you know, the, the towers and the, and the whole bit. I mean, they took, you know, decades or even generations to build sometimes these incredible fortresses. That is what the Lord is for us in our time of need. And that's what David's saying. He's saying, when my enemies were after me, when Saul was chasing me down, you were my rock and you were my fortress. And it's exactly the same for us. He's our fortress. Now, it might be that we're not really in a position where we're feeling a lot of attack or feeling a lot of stuff. And and that's a good place. But hey, you still want to live in the fortress. You don't want to live out in the, in the fields where you're exposed, where the enemy can easily pick you off. You still want to live in the fortress because in the fortress generally is the castle. In the castle is the banqueting table. In the castle is the great dining halls and the, the great rooms and, and all of the good stuff happens inside the fortress, doesn't it? And so even though we might not necessarily have to be... Uh, at, always posturing ourselves against the attacks of the enemy, because that can be an unhealthy, weird kind of way to live as well. But we want to be in his fortress so that we're always protected by him. And this is something that we've said many times, but Karen and I do constantly is praying the blood of Jesus. When we pray the blood of Jesus over our situation, we're in his fortress because it's inside his victory. We pray the blood of Jesus and, and it's one of those postures of always being aware of his fortress, always being aware of that place of refuge and safety. The fortress is also the place where you win the battle. You win the battle in the fortress. Why? Because even though in a lot of movies they get burnt down, in my story we win. Because it's your position of strength, isn't it? When you're in your position of strength, you're going to win the battle. You know you've got the armory. You know you've got the weapons. You've got the things you need. And it might even be just a a really practical sense. It might just be in the area of finances. Maybe things have been chaotic for a long, long time. You've done some silly things or things just haven't worked out. Well, then we realize, hang on, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. And we start to align our finances and our thinking up with what he would say we should do with our money and what we should do with our debt, what we should do with our situation. And all of a sudden, we get supernatural wisdom so that we actually know how to live. And you've got to make it really practical. Otherwise, this all sounds airy-fairy, like we've got to wait until there's some massive, big you know, explosion outside our house of a battle. But it's, it's really simple stuff. And when we drill it down to our personal level, that's where we win the victories. Often we don't win the victories, you know, on a public setting. We win them internally, don't we? We win the battles in our mind. We win the battles in our own situation. Thirdly, he says, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my savior. And so all of these things we're learning just from one verse of scripture about the nature of God. It's, it's kind of amazing, isn't it? It makes you wonder, how am I going to read the whole thing with this kind of power just in one verse? The Lord is my rock, he is my fortress, and he's my saviour. And there's two things that I took out of this in, in just dwelling on this. Firstly, he's our saviour from natural situations. He's our protector, he's our advocate, he's our comforter, counsellor, he's the one who helps us and teaches us and trains us. But he's also the one who saves us from the enemy. The enemy has plans to bring us down, to destroy us, 
to seek, kill, and destroy. But he has come that we may have life and life abundantly. And so we, we turn it round. The enemy's plans is to bring us down. God's plans is to save us, to be our saviour. And this week, you'll probably have situations where you'll need a saviour. It might just be a very small situation. You might need God the rock. You might need God the fortress. But you might need God the saviour. To save you in a situation, maybe the thinking comes in your mind again of, you know, maybe some depressing, depressive thoughts or negative thoughts or anxiety. Well, then you, you need the Savior. Now, he'll give you a foundation. He'll give you his rock and he'll give you his surety and a fortress. But you might need him to be your Savior in that moment. And you call on him. You call on the nature of God because this is part of his nature. And these are weapons of our warfare. We, we don't just sing songs for the sake of it. We don't just attend church for the sake of it. We don't just sort of do all this stuff and, you know, try and look like we're surviving in life. We actually have supernatural weapons of warfare in the nature of God. In his heart, in his depository, in his treasury, all of these things are accessible for us. And so it might be that you need God the Savior this week to come. And then... It goes on, my God is my rock in whom I find protection. And then he says, he is my shield. And I take that from earthly and spiritual enemies. The same thing. He is my shield. This means he's our protector. He will stop those fiery darts of the enemy with the shield of faith. And all we have to do is receive it. All we have to do is activate it. And the more we activate it, the bigger our shield gets. The more our awareness gets. God is, God is all present, but sometimes we've got to turn on the engine. And by turning on the engine, we draw on the nature of God. We draw on His nature. There might be some of you here today who you need to draw on the nature of God for increased faith. Increased faith to actually believe God's going to do something in that situation. Or actually believe that God loves you enough that he's looking after you and he wants to provide for you. He wants to bring breakthrough. He wants to bring upgrade. He wants to bring increase. I believe it's the heart of the Father to increase every believer. Every single believer. I, I have to believe that of my heavenly Father. If I have any nature of the Father in me, and we're made in his image, so I think I have a little bit, I know that it is the heart of the Father to give everything. It's the heart of the Father to give everything. It's, it's, you, you, have to, you have to restrain yourself. As a father, you have to restrain yourself and make sure you drip feed stuff. And, and if that's the nature of God, then his desire is to provide for you miraculously. Miraculously. And therefore, we draw on the nature of God. We, we, maybe we come like a real son or a daughter and say, come on, Dad, I'm really needing a breakthrough here. I'm really needing this. I'm, I'm in this situation. He already knows. But when we come to him, there's something that pulls on your heartstrings as a father or a mother, isn't there? When, when a child does that and with a softness and with a, with a humility. And it's like, wow, that's amazing. This is the heart of the father. It's the heart of the father. And so we draw on that. The next bit says, the power that saves me. So first he's our rock, then he's our fortress, then he's our saviour, then he's our shield, then he's the power that saves me. The power of God is a desperately needed commodity in the world today, right? The power of God, the demonstration of our mighty God, of our all-powerful, 
all-knowing, heavenly dad. But his power is in short supply on earth. Now, theologically, you can quiz me on that. But what I mean by that is if we don't learn how to operate in the kingdom, then the kingdom doesn't function like it should. We're created to, to listen to the Father, to follow what the Father's saying, hear what he's saying, imitate Paul, he says, imitate Jesus, of course. And so we try all this stuff. But if we're not actually doing that, if we've partitioned the power part of God's nature, because it's weird, it's scary, it's you can't control it, it's crazy, all this sort of stuff, then we've actually partitioned a portion of the kingdom because we're not happy with it. But that's not, that's not okay, is it? It's not okay. We need, we need the whole gospel. And that's why the power of God is a desperately needed part of the nature of God into even the body of Christ so that we can see a return of signs and wonders. We can see a return of the healing gift to the church. And, and not just to make a ministry or a man, but actually so that we function like fluid, like fluid. You know, it's interesting what you can turn fluid into. At our factory, we have pipelines all, I know I'm going off on tangent, but just bear with me. Bear with me, okay? We have pipelines all around the roof in the, in the factory because we pump in sand onto the pipe. And um, when I first heard about this, I'm like, wow, okay, how do, you, how do you pump sand onto a pipe? It's sand. It's gritty. It's high friction. It's like, how do you do that? All it needs is a small percentage of air to be pumped with it, and it fluidizes the sand, it's incredible. We just need a little bit of the presence of God. We need a little bit of the power, and it fluidizes everything else in our spiritual being. Even doctrine gets fluidized, and it becomes alive in the power of God. We might know a whole lot of things, but Paul says, hey, eloquent words are good, but demonstration of power is better. And so if we, if we want to actually activate the kingdom and operate in the kingdom, we need to be fluidized with heaven fluidized with the Holy Spirit so that, so that he can take something that normally wouldn't actually move, would actually be quite agitated in that. He can take it and he can breathe life on that situation just with a small amount of his fresh heavenly air by his Spirit. And so it might be that you're in a situation or you're looking at life or you're thinking through things or you're even doing some self-analysis or life analysis and you look at situations and say, hey, it's not moving. It hasn't been moving. It hasn't been going. Just know that just a small percentage of the life of the Spirit will fluidize anything, anything. Even, even the most harshest, hardest of circumstances will be moved and fluidized with heaven's breath if we are willing. And we say, Lord, come, come, breathe your power on my life. This situation, I don't know what to do. Or maybe I'm, I don't even know what to do with my life. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to come and breathe his power and his life onto us so that he can fluidize heaven all over us and around us. And then things become very, very easy. It's actually interesting to see, you know, a whole, I mean, a whole bunch of sand that, you know, you know it's difficult to push sand or do anything with it. But when you actually just put that little bit of air, it's incredible. And it's just a small piece of what it's like for us. The power that saves me, the power that saves me. This week, if you're in situations, you might need the power that saves you. It's part of the nature of God. It's yours available free today with steak knives and the whole bit. 
And verse 3, he says, I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise. So after stating all of this in the nature of God, he starts with praise and he wraps it up with praise. And this is a posture for us in the good times and the bad times. It's somewhat difficult to praise God when things are a bit crazy. But when we do it, it activates, it fluidizes, if you like, the kingdom of heaven and things come alive. Our faith comes alive. I remember doing that over circumstances that we were going through a few years back and just decreeing things over. I'm sure many of you do this and have done this. And it's powerful when you activate those kingdom principles, even when you don't feel like it. Even when things just feel exactly the opposite, you begin to say, no, shut yourself in to the room or whatever you need to do and say, no, the Lord is my rock. He is the power that saves me. He is my fortress. He is my shield. And we begin to decree this stuff. He's my place of safety. And then we take it up a notch. I'm telling you, and this is where the upgrade really comes in. When we praise over our situations. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise. And what he's saying there is, this is what I did when my enemies were chasing me. This is how you get victory, guys. That's what he's saying. This is how you get victory in that situation. Stop trying so hard and trying to think it through and trying to do this. Begin in praise and end in praise. Remember, he's your rock. He's your shield. He's your refuge, your saviour. And so when we do that, we begin to testify in faith before we've even seen it evidence. And that's what the ancients were just credited for, weren't they? In Hebrews 11, you know, Abraham by faith in hope against hope, he hoped. And all the other ancients, the great fathers and mothers of the faith were, were just absolutely esteemed because they had faith before they saw the breakthrough. There's something powerful and even I think a supernatural gift that we get when we praise in a situation before we've seen breakthrough, maybe over loved ones, children, families, and uh, finances, you know, house, job, all of these very, very small things. But then we take it a whole new level. They're very relevant things, and, and we pray for those things too. Uh, but they're very me-focused. Then we begin to export the kingdom and say, hang, hang on, what does it look like in our region? What does it look like over our mayor? What does it look like over our politicians? What does it look like over our nation? What does it look like globally? And we begin to export the kingdom out from our little victory that we're experiencing out into our region. Maybe just start with the street. Lord, bless, bless the neighbors. I speak, I speak the name of the Lord over them. I speak blessing over them. And when we begin to decree this stuff, that's exporting. It's as easy as that. Street evangelism is as easy as that. Just, just begin thinking about them. Begin praying heaven over them. It's, it's like a, just a simple opening like that. It doesn't have to be any you know, lights and bells and whistles or anything hard. It, it can just be that simple. And then when we've done that, we begin to step it up a notch and we go the next step. And, and before we know it, it becomes a lifestyle of the kingdom. And that's something I believe God's drawing us into. He's calling us out. I wrote it on the, on the bulletin for this month is that, we really feel that God is calling us as a people to grow in our mobilization. I was looking at the calendar. You might want to put this month's up on your fridge and keep it there because there's a whole lot going on this month. But um, I was looking at that and I was, I was thinking there's so many great ways to connect into this family. 
There's so many great ways. Don't hold back just for shyness. Don't hold back just because, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not feeling it or whatever else. Hey, it, it doesn't matter. If you're part of this community, connect in. Connect in anyway. Uh, Karen and I are working on some increased ways of, of connecting. In the next few months, we're, we're just going to continue planning and, and sharing some of that stuff because we feel that's really right for us. But, you know, hey, connect in on the working bee. That's a good one to connect in on. But it, it's powerful when we activate the kingdom together. And you, you see it in all sorts of communities. You see it at clubs. You see it at all sorts of things. And it's all good. And that's when, when we do that as the body of Christ, we don't carry that independence. We have an interdependence. And when we have an interdependence, the kingdom operates in an increased level. For some reason, I don't know why, we can ask Jesus when we see him. But there's an independence that if we carry an independence, we don't get that blessing of the body of Christ. Because a hand separated isn't as functional as a hand joined. And so when we, when we operate like that in the kingdom together, we actually get an interdependence, a healthy interdependence, not a codependence, an interdependence. And it's powerful. Did you get that? Yeah. All right, let's stand. Lord, we just thank you for this church family. Lord, I thank you for everyone here today. And Lord, we pray that you would teach us and train us and release us, Lord, for, for this whole region, for this whole region. Lord, we, we hear your heartbeat for a commissioning and a mobilizing for greater things in this region. Lord, we ask that you would show us how to do that. Even this week, Lord, I pray for... Um, opportunities that you would put in our paths to love on people around us, to share the gospel, to maybe just do something easy, simple, uh, Lord, but to export the kingdom over to them. And Lord, even, even now, we just pray for our region. We pray for our region, Lord, this Onkaparinga region and beyond. Lord, we pray that you would pour out your spirit. We pray that you would raise up incredible leaders and churches and believers and, and the body of Christ in this area would be so alive and so vibrant and, and seeing many saved. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing uh, uh, even among us. Lord, the small part we play, we pray for increase today. We pray for increase. Just put out your hands if you want that. I just want to pray increase over everyone today. Lord, we just pray increase of your goodness. Increase of your goodness. Lord, I pray for breakthroughs in finance. Lord, I pray for breakthroughs in jobs and promotions and new avenues, new thinkings, new career paths, study opportunities. Lord, I pray for for doors to be open, not closed, but your doors to be open in front of us, Lord, as a, as a people group. And Lord, that you would do good things. Lord, I pray for restoration in families. I pray for miracles and, and prodigals, Lord, and for, for hurting ones, Lord, to find you. Lord, show us how to love them. Show us how to pour out your love upon them. Not, not to clamor them in a building, but to pour out your love upon them. And Lord, we pray for this region, Lord, that, that you would bless this region. Bless this region. 
bless this region with employment opportunities and companies and growth and financial blessing. And Lord, we speak prosperity over this region, over this entire region, the prosperity of the Lord, abundance, abundance. Lord, we just speak uh, the blessing of the Lord over this region. Lord, many have said, oh, you know, it's down south and companies leaving and it's the doldrums and this area and that area. Well, Lord, we speak your life. We speak your life, even over the crime rate, Lord. We speak your fortress and your shield over our region, Lord. And we ask for restoration and reformation. Lord, we ask for heart reformation to go out in this region and for great miracles and great things and great churches and leaders and, and, and harvest of souls, Lord, in our region, we pray for, Lord. We pray for great harvest of souls in this region. Lord, maybe as we've never seen, Lord, show us how. Speak to us. And Lord, we pray for great miracles, healing, testimonies to, to accompany your love. Not just for the sake of it, Lord, but for, for your love's sake. And right now, Lord, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would even fill us with a fresh, fresh dose of your power, of your presence, power of your presence. And we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fresh awakening. There's some who even today have just, just, there's just a little thing. It might just be a little breath, a little fluidizing of your soul. But there's been a fresh awakening. Holy Spirit, I pray, just breathe on their coals today. Breathe on those coals today. Lord, fan into flame that awakening that you just re released right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit.